often see questions like, what is the best walkie-talkie we can get for our family? Or, what is the best radio I can use for an SHTF situation? Well, then, you know, that depends on the use you have for the gear and the distance to be covered. We're going to break that down when we come back. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. We're glad you joined us here today. Well, we know we're a little bit late on this one. Unforeseen circumstances kept us from being able to get this one up earlier today. But we're here, and we're going to go on, and then we'll get the QT episode up on Tuesday afternoon. We're not likely to be able to get that up Tuesday morning, but we'll get that up for you Tuesday afternoon. But we are glad you're here, and we appreciate it. Hey, everybody. We've been traveling a lot, you know. We were in Nashville last weekend, and now we're near Birmingham, so... Yeah, actually, last weekend, or this past weekend... Yesterday, we spent the night at home last night, we're away again, and we'll have some exciting news for you on our next episode of why we're here, and something that we are certainly excited about, but we've still set aside time to do some recording, and uh, we were on mother duty last weekend in Nashville. (laughs) Yeah. My sister, we've been there two weekends in a row, my sister and her husband, have been on vacation on another continent, and we were glad to do that for her and to be there with my mother and to spend some time with her. She's Mm -hmm. 90 years old, so we want to enjoy every moment of time, but that's why the reason that we were not able to get this up is we were traveling. We got in very late last night. We both worked today, and so this is actually the first opportunity that we've had to sit down together and record something. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Krista, share something with us to start us off on some current events, and we won't take very long on either one of these. Right. This is something just to be aware of that we've been reading that in San Diego County in California, the Regional Transportation Agency Highway has a mileage tax plan that they're proposing. Here's what they want to do. They want to convert 800 miles of existing highway in that county to a toll road situation. They also want to tax you for every mile that you drive if you're a resident there. And in addition, they're going to raise the gas tax an additional 3.5 cents per gallon. So the interesting paragraph that we read from this was this mass transit plan according to San Diego County Supervisor Jim Desmond, has a price tag of $165 billion, with a B, dollars. And here's what he said. They're going to make driving so expensive that the public will have to succumb to public transportation. We know what that means. City bus public, like the subway systems or elevated trains and whatnot. So we get to thinking about public transportation. You know, that is not the right answer for everyone. Now, keep in mind that this is a proposal. This is not yet a law, 
but this is a proposal that they have made. So if you're out in San Diego County, you may have an opportunity to oppose this if this is something that would greatly affect you. You know, there's several types of employment that could be deeply affected by this. And we're thinking about the ones that are either self-employed or they're a small business. And we just listed a few, like plumbers and landscapers, uh, small business electricians, caregivers, students of any age, uh, real estate agents, interior designers, decorators, people who carpool for their office, or contractors, babysitters. Yeah, a lot of these folks, this is not even an option to be able to use public transportation. A plumber certainly cannot carry all of the tools and pipe and things that he may need for a job on the city bus or the county bus. Exactly. Like even in my line of work, I'm in the window treatment industry, and it takes an entire minivan for me to just to go from home to home to carry all of the samples and swatches and colors and equipment that I would need to do my job. And if I'm going to be having to go through toll roads, and who knows how many toll roads, you know, toll booths you'd have to pay through, uh, that can become very, very, very expensive. And here we are in the middle of raging inflation, and then they've got this to think about. Now, like Mark said, this has not been passed, but this has been proposed. But I guess what irks me is the whole idea of, they actually said in words, we're going to try to make private driving so expensive that you can't consider it. As an option. Yeah, and just to tag on to this, they were talking about, I've forgotten exactly what, 2035, that they want 50% of all vehicles sold to be electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. And they're already having trouble, especially in the summertime. We saw rolling blackouts, and they said, don't, you, don't be charging your electric vehicle. Yeah. And so you're sitting there with a $50,000, $60,000 car, and you can't go anywhere. Because you can't charge it up Mm. because the grid's down in your area because of the overload on the power system. So this is a mess. Where are we going with all of this craziness that, you know, we're we're just we're sticking it to the American public. Well, we're not, but the politicians are true. Generally, the ones that are proposing these things are not the ones who are going to suffer for it. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's kind of like the you shouldn't be flying all these private jets and then all of these folks take their private jets and go to the World Economic Forum <laughs> and they go to the Green Forum, wherever that was, and they mm. fly in on private jets. Yeah, I know. I get very tired of being preached at by hypocrites who say, you shouldn't do Exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, yeah, so that's a current event thing to be kind of batting around and seeing what you think about it. And then they say, you know, you shouldn't be driving these gas guzzlers and all of that stuff. And then politician comes to town and eight Suburbans roll up. Or and, limousines. and Yeah, gas guzzlers sure. for sure. So, anyway, yeah, I know. we just wanted to make you folks aware of that. Now, I want to comment on something, and that's the Memphis situation. Right. I believe it's Tyree Nichols that was killed. Yeah, he's the young man that was beaten badly, and then he died from his injuries about four days after. I think it was three days after. Now, for those of you that may be new listeners, I am a full-time deputy sheriff. I am a law enforcement officer, and as you you can imagine, I am pro-police. However... This was atrocious. If you just look at that video, 
It is absolutely atrocious. It is uncalled for. And what I really want to address, and, and, you know, many times we've said things before when something happens, just be patient. Let's let the facts come out. Let's let the truth, let's find out what actually happened. Because, you know, there were folks that were, when they arrested them, there were folks that wanted to hang them that night. And we live in a country that has a set of laws and this set of laws guarantees that every person that's arrested has certain rights. They exercise that right and are out on bond awaiting trial. But five police officers that were involved in this were charged with second-degree murder and six other charges, some of it federal, some of it state. And so what I want to address tonight is the fact that, and I really, really commend the people that protested. I've got no problem with protesting. And there were protests across this country about this that came, that happened the night that the video was released. They kept their cool. They protested. They didn't burn down their town. They didn't kill people. They kept it peaceful. They kept yeah. it peaceful. And that's if if that was always the rule, and protesting wouldn't be viewed differently in in different types of ways. Because you know you can get a permit to peacefully protest whatever you wish to protest. Yeah, no, I, I think they did set one police car on fire or something like that, but that was an isolated incident. But I commend folks that were involved in those protests. I commend the family that called for peaceful protest. They said, please do not be violent. Do not burn our town down. The system is working. The evidence was looked at. And the reason that they went with second degree murder, and a lot of folks are saying it should have been first degree. The prosecutors had to make a decision based on what they believe that they can get a conviction for. Right, right. And first degree is going to be a premeditation. Exactly. They won't probably be able to establish anything like that. Yeah, this was not, I don't believe it was premeditated before the traffic stop. Mm -hmm. If it was, then it was targeted. That part matters not. They killed this young man. That was wrong. There is no justification for that. And, uh, you know, 900,000 police officers did their job correctly that day. These five crossed the line, crossed into criminal territory, committed felonies, and killed this young man. And they will serve prison time. There is no doubt in my mind about that. They'll probably not get a conviction on all seven of the offenses, But they'll get, and they may, but they'll probably get convictions on five of them, and they will serve jail time. If they had gone with first-degree murder, they would take a risk of losing that. So I wanted to address that, commend the folks that were involved. Our hearts go out to the people that are affected by this, the young man's family, the families of the police officers. Oh, absolutely. They are going through this as well. Their lives are torn apart. They're going to lose spouse, boyfriend, husband, father to prison. 
and I don't think it will be a short prison sentence. It will certainly not be one of those where, you know, they'll do three months and get out. But uh, they've ruined their lives. They've ruined their families' lives. They've They've ruined Mr. Nichols' family's lives as they took his life. So I just wanted to address that. We'll leave it there, but I wanted you aware of at least why uh, they probably went with second degree rather than first degree murder. Okay, let's just take a quick moment to mention our sponsors. Let's start out with the Pro One Gravity Water Filter. You know, there's a Pro One for every household. We're using one. And for Patriot, your go-to for emergency long-term food storage and more. They carry a lot of stuff. Also, Aura, A-U-R-A. This is an all-in-one digital safety for the whole family. And we use that as well. That is what our VPN is with. And ProLine Digital Group. They're your custom, reliable, innovative solution for apps, websites, hosting, and digital leads. The BASE Handgun Training System. This is a video-based training that you'll need if you carry a handgun. And something that I use a lot, and that's Clean Start a non-alcohol-based hand sanitizer and antiseptic concentrate. And for our regular listeners, you know that I bang myself up quite a bit, so I use a lot of (laughs) antiseptic. And Jim Curtis knives. These are custom handmade knives that are as functional as they are beautiful, and they all come with a lifetime warranty. And all of our sponsors are linked from our website, practicalprepping.com. Info. So let's talk about our topic tonight, Emer- emergency communications gear and radios. radios. Anytime we're talking about a radio system of any kind, the antenna makes or breaks the radio system. Now, as I was starting out as a ham radio operator, a man by the name of Mike Ferguson, who's with the Lord now, told me, A $100 radio with a $10 antenna is a $10 radio system, but a $10 radio with a $100 antenna is a $100 radio system. So explain, so it's really the antenna, not so much the radio. The antenna. You can talk with a very, very good antenna as far with a 5-watt radio as you can with a 50-watt radio with a lousy antenna and possibly even further. Well, how about that? So invest in the antenna. Exactly, Mm -hmm. and put your money in the antenna. Don't cut corners there. Now, some of the things that we're going to look at, that just to talk about some of the things that these can be used for, one of the things that Krista and I do, and we've shared it with you, is in public service events. And we'll be going to one uh, late spring, and we'll be camping in the woods, and we'll be manning net control. They've made Krista the permanent net control because they like her voice a they lot better, th- a lot better than they do mine. And you know, <laughs> I can get them to talk to me. <laughs> you, yes, and that is interesting about ham radio for sure. Uh, she will have ten times as many people come back to her on HF, the long distance stuff, then I will have come back to me. And they'll do that. They'll pick that female voice up and they come back to it. But (laughs) some of the positions that you do is you man net control. And that's kind of the boss of the radio waves at the time. It's like the hub of the wheel and the rest are spokes. Everything Mm -hmm. comes back to that net control. Mm -hmm. 
and there are checkpoints and we've manned checkpoints and you take a radio and you go out onto a checkpoint. I've done it with marathons where I was on pavement. We've done it in the woods where there was nothing but woods anywhere around us. Just horse riders. Yeah, yeah, with a horse ride there. Uh, You can have people manning the aid station. You can have rovers, especially on bike rides Uh and bike races. And and that rover is sometimes on a motorcycle. Oh, sure. We've had that. And so you might be in what they call sag wagons, and that's the one that picks up the folks that have broken down or have decided not to continue and or they're injured in some way. So now some of these checkpoints can be miles apart. And when you get into the miles apart, it's most often ham operators. Yeah, amateur radio, what they call ham yeah. radio. Amateur radio operators, but it can also be GMRS in some areas of the country. And we'll explain a little bit more about the GMRS in a moment if you're not that familiar with it. Now, there is a no-license required option. And this is if you're looking for a radio for your family. The FRS is no-license required, and it's the family radio service. And these are the ones that you often pick up in the big box stores and the blister packs and they're limited to like a half watt. You're talking about like a walkie-talkie Just kind of a thing. little little handheld. Little handheld walkie-talkie. They're limited in wattage. You cannot change the antennas on them. They're you, you're yeah, you get what you get. You get what you get. And you don't pitch a fit. And and that's it. <laughs> These are for very short distances and usually it's going to be less than a half a mile. And if you're outside, it's going to be maximum of about a mile. Now, you're talking about a clear shot, too, not line of sight. Line of sight, because if you're like on the top of a mountain and you're trying to talk 14 miles away through a forest, it's just not going to work. Not through the forest. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're talking, if you're on top of one mountain and somebody else is on the top of the other mountain and you've got nothing between you, you can talk a lot further. How about that? You know, you see these things, and they say 26-mile radios. Uh-huh. Now, in our book, I use the example, if you get 26 miles out of it, you're probably in the ocean on your sailboat having climbed up to the top of the mast, and you're talking to somebody 26 miles away who's in the ocean on a sailboat having climbed up to the top of their mast. Okay. <laughs> But, what are the likelihood? But <laughs> if you go into big box store and it says 26 miles, 30, 36 miles, you're not going to get uh-huh. it. If you're in normal terrain, normal stuff, you're going to get a half mile to one mile. You know, people use this kind of option a lot of times in a theme park yes. or an area where their, their family members are going to be a lot closer together. But still, there may be distance. You know, and a half a mile can be very far away if you're a family in a theme park. It can be, but in some of these mega theme parks, half a mile is not very far over there. It seems like the the, the length of the lines I stand in. Yes, yes, you can stand in a half mile long line. Mm-hmm. But now these radios are great to give the grandkids to play in the backyard, and when our boys would play, they they like to play FBI, and I was always oh, yeah. the bad guy, <laughs> and. They, they would play in the backyard, and they had their toy guns, and somehow Papa was always the bad guy. And they had their little walkie-talkies. And they had their walkie-talkies, but they did exercise good trigger control. 
Okay. And so that's something we started them very, very young on trigger control, even with their Nerf guns. I've taught them to clear a room, and they'll do it with proper finger control mm-hmm. with that trigger. So you're saying, just to recap, FRS, family... Radio system. Radio service. System. Service. Family radio service. Essentially, it's the walkie-talkie set that you get in the big box store. Exactly. Okay. And there's no license no required license. Okay. on it. Anybody can buy them. Anybody can use them. Exactly. Now, we step up to GMRS, General Mobile Radio Service. Oh. Now, this does require a license. Not unlike ham. Not unlike ham, mm-hmm. except... There's no test. Well, that is different because you have to take a you have to take and pass a test to mm-hmm. be licensed with ham, which we have both done. Right. And just to be honest, Krista got mad because she missed one on the. I was aiming for a perfect thirty-five. Yeah, and I she, made thirty-four. She missed it by one question. I mean, she got her license. I'm still blistered over it. She missed a perfect score <sighs> by one question. So, anyway, she's got the opportunity to take the next level. And score 35 out of 35. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to get studying for that. That's All right. Now, the GMRS, back to that, does okay. require a license, okay. but there's no test. And you just fill it out online with a FCC, and I think it's $35, and it's good for 10 years. And here's the neat part about GMRS. One license covers the whole family or the group. Now, is there a particular kind of radio or style of radio or power of radio that is efficient for a GMRS? Well, you can usually your handhelds, you can get handheld walkie-talkies in GMRS. And I really do like the Motorola Talkabout. They have seemed to provide some very good service around our school systems. I see. I think we were going to get into some of that detail in just a moment. We are in just a little bit. Okay, gotcha. But one license covers the whole family. You've got a more powerful radio. You can upgrade the antenna. And this is the radio that I would use if we were going to one of those mega theme parks. Oh, yes, because it would be so much more efficient yes. and powerful. And yeah. we could hand it to anybody in the family uh-huh. or the group. Gotcha. And so that's a great oh, so way to saying, go. Like even, if, let's say, a group, an organization, for example, mm-hmm. maybe a Girl Scout group or a Boy Scout group wants to make a travel somewhere, and part of that's going to be radio communication so the gmrs would be a good way to go it really will and i'll tell you some groups that use these and even the church that we attend the security team uses and yes we now have security teams in churches Uh and you know the way things have gone in the last several years it's it's not only a liability but it's crazy to not have some protection there for the people going to church and i spotted one of our guys who i did not know and i spotted him because they're wearing surveillance earpieces oh, I see. They, they've got a mic clip mm-hmm. to their and i actually use one in law enforcement with my radio mm-hmm. they clip the mic at the top of the collar right there just you know down above the the button there just a little bit or you can clip it on your tie if you're wearing a tie and it's the little rubberized curly Q uh, earpiece that comes up and goes in your ear. Kind of like what you see on the news anchors. Sometimes yeah. they have a little piece yes. in there, a little coil of or, some kind. Or you can see me coming and going to work because mm-hmm. work in the streets, mm-hmm. I wear that all the time sure. because 
I can hear, and the bad guy that I'm standing near doesn't hear what's being said on right. the radio. So gotcha. that's how I spotted them. But one license covers the entire church group. Wonderful. And our group, they have, you know, the securities on one team, one group, one channel. And then the ones that are running cameras or audio, they can be on another channel using the same radios. Okay. Let's take a short break for sponsors, and we'll come back and talk a little bit about what radio system is best used for particular purposes. A food shortage could be coming. Even in the United States, economic experts wrote at the end of the summer crop season. Farmers sense it, too. John Boyd, Jr., a fourth-generation farmer, told Fox News that, quote, We're going to see empty food shelves in the coming months, end of quote. That's why survival food is more important than ever. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots Survival Food Kits. It's not ordinary food. We're talking good-for-25-years super survival food, hand-packed right in a family-owned facility in the USA and giving jobs to over 200 Americans. The kits are compact, sturdy, water-resistant, and they stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add boiling water, simmer, and serve. And right now, you can go to fourpatriots.com and use code PREPPER to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store. You'll get their famous guarantee for an entire year after your order, plus free shipping on orders over $97. They're called For Patriots because a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support veterans and their families. Just go to fourpatriots.com and use code PREPPER to get 10% off. That's fourpatriots.com. Use the discount code PREPPER and start building your own food stockpile today. Are you tired of the taste of the water coming from your faucet? Do you ever wonder what is causing that taste? Did you know that treated water on municipal systems often has residue of chlorine effect? There's also bacteria. There are heavy metals. There's a vast number of different things that can add some form of taste to the water. And in some municipalities, you can actually see a color in a clear glass. Oh, it passes the quote-unquote safety test, but there's still something in there. Would you like to have crystal clear, clean, great-tasting water? Pro One Gravity Water Filters will give you just that. We have the Pro One Big Plus, and we use it daily. It makes our water taste better, and it even makes the coffee and the tea taste better. Pro One is also our backup water plan, just in case stuff hits the fan and the city's water system becomes contaminated or shuts down. If it really hits the fan and there's no water, we can source water from a nearby creek or the river, and we can run it through our Pro One filter, and we'll have clean water. Pro One filters come in several sizes to meet the needs of your family. They are affordable, and through December 31st of this year, the Pro One Gravity water filters are 25% off, and there's free shipping on all orders over $69.95. Pro One Gravity Water Filters. The link is on our website, practicalprepping.info. We all love the internet, right? 
We love it so much that we knowingly take risks every day while doing little to protect ourselves online. We do this because most security tools are complicated, expensive, or just plain bad. We're excited to tell you about our new sponsor, Aura. Aura is a digital safety service built for modern threats. It's an all-in-one solution that monitors and protects your identity, finances, devices, and more from digital deadbeats. Aura is on a mission to create a safer Internet. And for Aura, that not only means creating the best security tools, it means making it so easy that you'll actually use it. Keep your connection private on public Wi-Fi with one-click encryption. Quickly know if someone has attempted to use your identity or credit without your permission with alerts to your app, phone, or email. Up to four times faster than competitors. Also, Aura doesn't just catch threats, they help you resolve them. With 24-7 U.S.-based support and dedicated resolution agents, Aura's team will work with you to resolve fraud issues, even if it means getting on a three-way call with your bank at midnight. All plans come with all the features you need to stay safe, with no add-ons or extras needed. Just choose whether you want to protect yourself, two adults, or your whole family. Plus, the price you pay when you sign up is the price you pay when you renew. Aura won't raise your prices in year two, hoping you won't notice. Aura keeps their plans affordable, so you stay protected. Now for a limited time, Aura is offering Practical Prepping podcast listeners a 14-day trial, plus a check of your data to see if you've already been part of a data breach, all for free when you use the link on our website. Go to practicalprepping.info, click on the Aura link, and sign up for a 14-day free trial and to see if you've already been part of a data breach for free. That's practicalprepping.info. Click on the Aura link and sign up for a 14-day free trial. Certain terms apply. See their site for details. All right, glad you're back with us. Now let's talk about, let's get down to the next-door neighbor, the family, uh, the people in the same block. Now, the GMRS is a great way to go. You can just call yourself a block organization. Everybody's a member of it. It's a neighborhood watch, whatever. You've got one license. Everybody's covered under it. And those Motorola talkabouts that I was talking about does very well. And they work well within a half a mile. And I know that they'll cover a quarter mile from inside to outside of the building. Oh, that's good to know. I've seen that. They're great for very large buildings like warehouses, stores, schools, those kinds of things. Churches, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the GMRS frequencies, there are some frequencies in there that you're limited to a half a watt because those frequencies are shared very closely with the FRS. But there are others that allow like five watts. And then I think there are eight channels in there that allow up to 50 watts. And that's going to come into play in just a minute. Really, if you're talking about a large area, you probably want to be on one of those frequencies. Let's, let's take a mutual assistance group, for example. Okay. Your, your bug out group. Okay. Your whatever your, group. Your little survivor community. Your, your survivor community. <laughs> okay. Now, there's a lot of variables there. Oh, sure. Okay. 
you could be talking about somebody that the group bugs out to a five acre location, 10 acre location, thousand acre location, 10,000 acre location, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So you've got variables in the distance and the terrain. Mm -hmm. And here we're talking about kind of a bug out location. Is it a large area? Are you having to cover a large area? Are you having patrols? Are you having watch points or checkpoints? How about going out on missions? You know, maybe you need, and, and I'm calling a mission, anything that you have to leave the safety of that group right there. And I'll call it a compound for lack of anything else, okay? Mm-hmm. Or the clubhouse. And you're going out scavenging for edible plants. A group of three or four or five go out and do that. There needs to be a radio operator, radio go with them. If you have a group going out hunting, there needs to be radio communication available to them. But you also need communication back to the command post, and that may be a better word to use there. Now, you can do that by setting up a base radio with GMRS or with HAM. You can do it with a mobile radio in GMRS, just like you can a ham radio with an antenna mounted to the vehicle. Something that I have done a few times is use the radio in my truck, but connect an external antenna to it, one that I've put out on a tripod and put up into the air a little bit. Oh, yeah, that just extends your reach. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Height matters when it comes to, you know, antenna in the VHF, UHF bands. Mm-hmm. So you can also set these mobiles up as a base, run it off of a battery or solar charging that battery or running off of a car battery or a generator and a power supply. And you can set that up at the observation points and you can have 50 watts and you can have a better antenna and be able to get back to your command post at a far greater distance. By using the better antenna and by using more power. Mm -hmm. Now, in this case, and these radios are not that expensive, so you could have it where every person could be carrying a radio. Certainly, you would want every team leader carrying a handheld if you're out moving away from the command post or something. And you can also have your command post and your observation post relay the message from Let's say the folks in the field, they see something, they need help, they need to report something. They may not be able to get back to the base, but they can get to the checkpoint or the observation point, and they can relay the message back. So the GMRS is a very, very good system, but you do need to practice operational security. And by operational security... You set up your co- your codes for what you're doing or where you are. I see. Yeah, just, just, I mean, just on the off chance that you are going to be observed or heard or listened to by friendly or non-friendlies, yeah. you don't necessarily want to divulge all of the clear details. So you will have to come up with a, you know, Papa Bear, Mama Bear, Goldilocks, you know, well, what, whatever. You can do that. You can use <laughs> tactical call signs. You can. You, you can use Team 1, Team 2. But you can say at Checkpoint Charlie, 
rather than saying down at the four-way stop sign. <laughs> right. You yeah. know, we, yeah. we got the checkpoint set up here at Highway 82 and Highway 69 yeah. at the four-way stop. So you would probably not, if you're trying to be a little bit more concealed, mm-hmm. you, you just want to have a different type of code for locational information. Exactly. Now, if you're running around the mega theme park, it's okay to say we're yeah. over here by the Tilter yeah. Whirl or... Yeah. We're still in line at a small, small world. <laughs> oh, don't, don't even start with that song. Oh. I wish I'd written it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do too. Yeah. But the last time we took a grandson down there, he was young. We stood in that line. I don't know how long it was we stood in that line. Uh, and they play that song. It's on a loop. It's yeah. on a loop, but <laughs> is incessant a good word right there? That's the word. That's the word, yeah, and it is annoying when you've stood in line for an hour and a half mm-hmm. plus, and then the little fella goes to sleep just as you start <laughs> to get in the boat. So that just the anyway, that's an aside, okay. but you got to ask the question sometimes, ham or GMRS? Oh. Now, a lot of people believe that the big advantage locally to ham radio is the use of repeaters. Right, because they're already there. Well, they're there, but did you know that you can set up repeaters for GMRS? I didn't know that. You can. I honestly didn't know You can. This would be neat, and and you can build repeaters very easily, really, to be honest. You just need a couple of radios, for Mm -hmm. that matter. We've we've built them with walkie-talkies. What you can do there is you can put your own repeater up on top of this mountain or this hill, this observation point and so you've got repeater use but in the ham world these things are already put up although you can take them and set them up yeah you can you can customize your own you can take your own you can set it up mobile we did that after one of the major disasters we took one in and had it set up about an hour after the tornadoes had gone through, literally, because we were we had people in the affected area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We knew what was going to happen. We knew they were without power. And no cell towers, no... Right. No, All of that's yeah. down. So here comes a trailer with a pull-up mast, goes 35 feet up in the air, and it has a repeater mounted on it there as well. There you go. You're in business. And it's run off batteries, and you can charge them with a generator, or some of the guys have got solar panels that we can come out there and charge them up that way mm-hmm. as well. Part of the reason you want to look at either ham or GMRS is the power of the radio that you can legally use and repeater usage. Now, GMRS is a maximum 50 watts. So it caps there. It caps there. Okay. That's it. 50 watts and you can't do that well you could do it on a handheld anyway but you know on a mobile radio you could go 50 watts a whole lot of those are 25 and 25 with a very good antenna is a pretty good radio system now ham radio when you go to the mobiles they do you can get them in 25 30 watt Uh, we've got one that is 70 watt that we have that you and i have Mm mm-hmm but most of those are usually 50-watt radios. But you can go up to 200 watts on ham radio on VHF, UHF in some circumstances. Okay. So you can easily set up a mobile radio 50 watts with an outside antenna, even doing like we do at the Yellowhammer Horse Ride 
when the antennas will be pulled up into a tree. Yeah, they actually tie it off. They shoot an arrow up and let the arrow come back over, and it pulls that line so they can create that um, antenna connection. Yeah, they're, they're just pulling a J-pole, mm-hmm, up, in, yeah, J-pole up. up into the tree, has the coax, comes down, and you can plug it right into the back of a radio. Or with an adapter, you can attach it to a handheld. Oh, okay. Handheld are usually going to be an SMA connector or a BNC connector. And the line coming down will usually, we have, the ones we use are usually PL259 on there. So it's the male plug to go into the back of the radio. Uh-huh. But you can put adapters on there to fit any radio that you want it to do. You can take a 5-watt handheld radio with an upgraded antenna. And I'll just tell you, my favorite is the Nagoya, the genuine Nagoya. Be careful, there are some knockoffs. But I think it is BeofingTech.com, which we have no relationship to other than we've bought equipment We're for them. We're their customers. We, we've been their customers. <laughs> yeah. Ham Radio Outlet in Atlanta, HRO.com, I think. They'll sell you the official genuine Nagoya and if you're gonna buy that look it up and there's some info on the web that'll tell you how to tell the difference between the two so they look just alike but there are some ways to tell but you can cover a lot of territory with that with the 5 watt handheld radio with upgraded antenna and you're gonna talk in the woods maybe as much as three miles and that's a pretty good distance. For handheld, you're doing pretty good radio to radio. That's not using the repeater. But when you go to repeater usage, you open up 75 miles at times, and you just stop and think about using a handheld and talking 75 miles where you're actually just talking to the repeater. I have a question for you right here. Mm-hmm. Let's say you are out in the woods, and you've got someone else you can communicate with and maybe they are three miles away what effect does pleasant or inclement weather have let's say it's a bright sunny day it's warm it's cloudless sky as opposed to a driving rainstorm with high winds water can block the signal so if you've got heavy enough rain you're degrading the signal i see that makes sense Mm -hmm. it's kind of like your headlights in fog Okay. It will reflect and scatter, and it will degrade your signal. So even if you had found a shelter, mm-hmm. the fact that you're still trying to communicate across three miles is still going to be affected if you're in the middle of a driving rainstorm. The so driving can... rain will probably decrease, if it's a driving rain, lots of rain. The red rain on the radar kind of rain. Oh, that's a lot of rain. It's going to cut down your distance that you're going to be able to communicate. So. I've always wondered about that. What effect weather conditions have on communication by radio? It will degrade it. It will cut okay. down the distance with heavy enough rain. Now, gotcha. with light rain, you're not going to notice not so any much. difference. Okay. All right. All right. Now, one of the things with GMRS and ham uh, radio is the accessories that are available for the radios. Okay. And I mentioned a while ago our security team using the surveillance earpieces. They're a comfortable fit. And if you have your hairstyle just right, nobody will even see it. Well, that's not an issue with me. No, Mark's got really short hair. Yeah, my hair is about 
same length as my beard. It's about a sixteenth of an inch long. Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess my beard is a little longer than You're my long, hair. You've it? got a longer beard. Uh, it's it's really probably a quarter inch, and <laughs> I had a little little fellow probably nine years old today. He stopped me and he said, "We have the same haircut." <laughs> and we do. And he might have even had more. Oh, my. I know he didn't have that thin spot back there. Oh. You can also get external mics. Now, I mentioned the mic that can clip to your lapel. Right. Or to your collar or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Or if you want to be fancy with it, you can run it down the inside of your sleeve and do like the Secret, Secret Service. Service and talk into your sleeve. I've always wondered why they would talk to their sleeve. And now you've told me they've they've run a, a wire mic down through their yeah. sleeve. Yeah, those uh, mics. I thought it was like on their wristwatch or something. No, it, it's, <laughs> it's in their sleeve. Gotcha. Now, I can't do that. My arm's too long. <laughs> or the wire's too short. Oh, no. Which, whichever way you go. They don't but have a, the wires only a certain length? The ones that I have bought oh, or okay. that the county's provided, I see. Uh, they're not long enough for my arm. Oh. But, you know, I could talk into my forearm. <laughs> nah. But those are available. You can also get extended life batteries for some of these radios. Well, that's also a consideration depending on what your usage, mm-hmm. the the frequency of your usage uh, the number of people using, you know, you've got some choices there as far as your power supply. Exactly. Know? In certain situations, you do not want to run out of power. That's certainly true. Now, what we would do in the woods when we were using radios while we were hunting, and I'm not talking about CB radios, uh, which a lot of hunting clubs use for their dog teams. I'm talking about my son-in-law sitting on one shooting spot and me sitting on another. And if we were out there, if we were going out from daylight to dark, what we would do is we would turn the radio on ever so often. You know, we had a prearranged, we're going to turn it on for 10, 15 minutes every so long. Or if you heard gunshots, because uh-huh. we could tell who was nearby and it didn't matter who shot if it wasn't one of us. You know, we'd turn it on, say, you think he got one, or no, he can't hit the broadside of a barn, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a dead one, we got to go get that one, you right. know, but we, we could do that just to save the battery life on some slightly older radios that didn't hold well, for 12 hours. that's a good idea, too, to have a regular check-in, mm-hmm. you know, because as you well know, and it's, it's stories for another time, as you well know, medical emergencies can happen in the middle of the woods, they can. And, and you know a lot about I've, that. I think I've related the story about the man that I was hunting with, and we were leaving the camper. And there was some God thing involved in this beforehand. He was late getting there, so we didn't get to go as early as we would. And the rule was you couldn't cross somebody else's section to get to your section after like 7 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so we were cut off from every place that I really wanted to hunt. And the one that was left, even though we went in on four-wheelers, was the only place that was left that I could possibly get my two-wheel drive pickup to. Hmm. And what happened was he'd been in a new tree stand. And when we started to leave the camper, I handed him a radio and I said, this turns it on, push to talk, let up to listen. My radio will be on. Put it in your pack. Anything happens, you call me. The weld broke on his tree stand, 
and he fell and he literally broke his back. And so I heard him call and it was totally legal. Life or death situation. Anybody can talk on any frequency. He turned it on. He said, Mark, I've fallen. You're going to have to come get me. Figured out what it was. Long story short, that ham radio saved that man's life because his doctor told me, and I wasn't going back to get him until after dark. And the high for the day was like 28 degrees. And his doctor said, if you had not gotten to him before dark, he probably would have died. Yes, there's times to check in. There's also a thing with uh, hikers and campers and folks that are not able to leave the radio on all the time. There's check-in where I think it is every three hours. I want to say it's three minutes, but most folks will do it for five or ten. But check-in every three hours at three, six, nine, and 12 on the clock. You turn your radio on, you monitor for any emergency calls. And so in that area, they know that I might not be able to get anybody right now, but I need to be trying at three o'clock so that I can get in touch with somebody. So, yes. All right. When we're talking about some of these radio systems, there's like anything else, there's good, better, best. Okay. Now, good, a very basic minimum is a handy talkie, HT. Some folks call it walkie talkie Mm -hmm. with the upgraded antenna. And that, you know, mine's 15 and a half inches tall. Okay. Looks a little funny, Mm -hmm. but it talks. Now, when you get to better, take that same walkie-talkie and use a magnetic antenna or even mounted outside antenna. Yeah, definitely for best reception. Yes, and so you get a lot more distance. Mm -hmm. Or better reception, I should say. Well, yeah, I mean, from our house, I can connect a a walkie-talkie to our outside antenna, and I can hit the repeaters around us. Yes. And so then I can talk wherever I want. But the best system here, and it's simply because it's more power, is a mobile radio powered by a battery or a power supply. And this is what you want to put at your command post. You want to put... This is your net control Well, it's your net control or even radio to radio. If you want to keep up with, you know, you want to be able to talk to your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your grandma, your mama, your daddy, and they live 12 miles from you, you probably want to go with an outside antenna with a mobile radio on a power supply. And that works whether it's GMRS or ham radio. Neat. Now, there's a lot of antenna options. There's some good ones and some bad ones. Bad ones? There's some bad ones. There's some lousy antennas. <laughs> the one that comes in the box is usually pretty lousy. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> the little shorties. If it comes in a box. It's no, in pro- the box in, with the radio. Oh, in the box with the radio. Right. Okay, the, the, yeah. The little short antennas. You're saying it's more valuable to throw that antenna away? Yeah. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> or throw it over there in that drawer. We've got seven uh, or eight of them over in that drawer. You've heard of better than nothing? It's it, close. It's better than nothing. <laughs> but it's close to nothing. And if you're not going to be that far apart, they're great. Okay. I mean, they really are. All right. But if we're going to be three miles apart, we want a better antenna. And talking about the lousy antennas, they make one that's about two inches tall. They call it a stubby. And it's probably good inside the ham fest, but don't try to talk outside with Uh it. 
there's one that's even worse than that, and it clips on to your bill on your cap. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> An antenna? And, yeah. Okay. That doesn't look weird. Well, not only does it look weird, but you're also transmitting five watts right into the side of your brain. <laughs> and, you know, I like to, I'll tilt my antenna a little bit away from me when I'm talking just to keep it from being right straight up my okay. nose, you know. All right. But uh, those, those are kind of bad. But a mobile antenna mounts on the car. Great option. Mm-hmm. I've got We've got two, actually. Well, uh-huh. we've got more than that. But, uh, I'm talking, well, okay. Yeah. But I'm talking about magnetic on the car. Well, I've got a magnetic on mine. Yours is glass mount. That's right. It is glass mount. And the one on the brown truck is mounted on a frame yeah, coming out from right. under the hood. Gotcha. Or on the back end. You can mount, you can make, there's enough antennas on that vehicle to look like a squirrel lives in it. <laughs> And then you can go to the tripod-mounted J-pole. Okay. And I showed you somewhere that we were not long ago where there was a tripod. And I said, I take that and I take a extendable paint roller. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Telescoping. Telescoping paint roller. Right. And I run it out. I mount my antenna on that. And then I stick that in the telescope. And I run the telescope up as far as I can. So I'm getting my antenna 18 feet or so off the ground, and that's a temporary mount. That's kind of smart. And we may very well do that at the Yellowhammer mm-hmm. with where our camping spot yeah. is so we can talk to anybody. Yeah, that's because there's going to be nothing but ham radio people in that and campground. A whole bunch of them, uh-huh. and a bunch of folks that aren't. That's true. There's going to be a lot of horse people there, that's for yeah. sure. And then finally, one that I like, and you can actually roll this, you can make this up and have a, uh, a roll-up J-pole. You can make it out of antenna lead, twin lead, TV antenna lead, uh-huh. 450 ohm. There's instructions on the internet. To Is cut. that what they call the ladder? The ladder line. Ladder line. Yeah, yeah it kind of looks like little little uh, slats on a ladder. Some people yeah. call it window line, uh-huh. but it's the old TV twin lead, and you can make a great little J-pole out of that, put you 20 feet of coax attached to it, roll it up, put it in your backpack, and when you need it, just take your, you know, I'll, I'll take about a one-inch nut and tie it onto the end of fishing line and throw that over a limb as far as I can throw it and then pull the J-pole up and connect to the end of the coax. Yeah, they do that when we go to the yellow hammer. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a great system. It works beautifully. All right. That's about what I had for today for emergency communications communications is a very very important thing for us when it comes to emergencies and as we talked about lives are saved with that and you know these these radio usages are not just for emergency oh no but we're pointing out that sometimes in an emergency it's all you have that will work so for those that are practical preppers when you know that maybe a, an area has been hit by a storm or your area has been hit by a storm, for example, and it has knocked off all the cell towers, all the landlines, that's off the table. Mm-hmm. You've got to have some way to be able to get some word out to your worried family and loved ones and friends that you're okay, that you're fine, and you can get some of these messages out. And again, antenna, we can't stress it enough. This is your magic bullet when it comes to being able to communicate 
far and wide and more effectively mm-hmm. with more more distance with more power the antenna is the secret weapon there that it is as mike said a hundred dollar radio with a ten dollar antenna is a ten dollar radio system mm-hmm. a ten dollar radio with a hundred dollar antenna is a hundred dollar radio system. where can people buy an antenna a good antenna there's all sorts of places on the internet. HRO comes to mind. Gigaparts comes to mind. QSL um, magazine would probably. QSL magazine would have a lot of ads yeah. in there for them. Or, or, or talk to a ham radio operator or a GMRS radio operator. They'll know. You know, oh, they've been yeah. doing this a long time. Yeah. They'll know how to steer you. Ham Fest is always a great place to pick up Absolutely. One. If you've never been to a Ham Fest, even if you're not a ham radio operator, go one time. It's really interesting. They have a lot of different vendors that are there, not just for ham radio, but I think you'll find uh, so many interesting ways to communicate. And if you're an antiquer person and you kind of like antique radios, a Ham Fest is where you want to go. Yeah, and I've noticed one thing in the years I've been going to Hamfest is now you have a lot more prepper related vendors than just ham radio vendors. Mm-hmm. I think at this last one that you and I attended, there was a Berkey dealer there. Yes, we and did a, see some Berkey on display. I, I know Pro One will do that as well. I know Clean Start does that, and you know they're nothing to do with ham radio. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of things, and if your other half doesn't care at all about that, but they like jewelry. I'm seeing a lot more jewelry at some of these ham fests oh, sure. as well. Uh-huh. So yeah. something to occupy the wife that didn't want to go. And <laughs> or husband. Or husband, <laughs> if, if he's into earrings, you know, it's some, a good way some, to go. Some fellas are. <laughs> and That's okay. we're planning to do, I think we've actually said this, that this year we're going to do a couple of ham radio ham fest as far as the podcast being there and we're going to do a prepper show or two and kind of ease into that and we're talking about how to do interviews so if you see us at a prepper show or a ham fest we would love to interview you there folks if you could do business with our sponsors we would appreciate it if you did that and they are linked off the front of our website. They're good folks. We use them. We trust them. And they'll take care of you. Anything else you want to add before we go? My listeners know. They know very well that stuff is going to happen. So please stay prepared. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Practical Prepping Podcast. You can contact us through email at info at practicalprepping.info or on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, remember, stuff happens, stay prepared.